I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. I'm taking my time. All I could talk in is starting to run. I'm letting go lonely, letting go strife. I just can't get enough of this beautiful the Enneagram is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships, creates language for what motivates us, and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram is a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado, and with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram ninja. Hello. My man. Hey. We're joined again by the inimitable Camby Ross. Hello. Cambry, as you all will know, is one of the best researchers of Enneagram Insights in the world. And so we are thrilled to have her thoughts on relationships falling apart. <laughs> that's where I know. That's stuff. where you shine, right? <laughs> <laughs> the negative, the deep dark. If you're going to go to a uh, troubling, emotionally heavy topic, get yourself a four, get you some insights. A healthy four. Healthy four, of course. An unhealthy four will not be able to <laughs> come out of their introspective self-interest to look at your problems. Well, we're going to talk about when love is not returned. This obviously happens to us all in all the relationships that we experience. There will be times when the love connectedness that we truly desire isn't reciprocated and each of the types deal with that in different ways. So today we're talking about two of the big ideas in Enneagram world, which is coping style and stress. And so these are going to overlap as we talk about our relationships and when we're not getting what we want out of our relationships. So Sounds that's like what I got. It's going to be a really fun podcast. <laughs> so fun. No, it really is actually. It's a lot of this stuff before you like say, you know what, maybe this podcast is not for me because <laughs> it's going to be depressing before you think that, before you leave. Most of the material that I am coming with today is very encouraging. Okay. Oh, mm. So fun. keep that in mind. I also want to correct myself when I said an unhealthy four will not be able to have space for that. I'm going to correct that and say, go to a four that has the space for it, that has the emotional space for it, mm. because you could be a healthy four that's going through stuff and you don't have the space for it. That doesn't make you unhealthy. So sure. just had to that's fair. <laughs> yeah. split that hair. Got to make sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Well, I'm going to start with the sixes. You guys down for talking first? Starting with six. Sixes. Never start with sixes. That's fun. Wow. Sixes desire deep in their bones, uh, folks to to be faithful. There is something about the heart of a six that I imagine every all of us do not like it when love is not returned. But just looking over the numbers, I really wanted to speak into sixes first and maybe spend some time here. Um, this will be a great window, I should say, into love not being reciprocated and how somebody might showcase all of the, the stages of how that works. And I think you can see it clearly in, in the life of sixes. So to get into this, we're going to just look at quotes from each from folks who have responded from each of the types on what they do when they don't have love reciprocated, uh, what 
rejection looks like and perhaps advice that they give. And we're just going to comment on what we see. So starting with the sixes, uh, what you got for us, Cambry? So one six says, abandonment and rejection are really scary to me since I value loyalty so much. So it's honestly a little earth shattering when someone doesn't reciprocate love, if it's been communicated that it will. It takes a long time to work through. What you hear there, TJ? I like their use of the word earth shattering because mm-hmm. I, I think sixes in particular, it's like it is a really big deal. And and I I know that there there's sort of an emphasis on on romantic love for a lot of what we're talking about. But I think that's true for a lot of the relationships that sixes really invest time and energy and in, in and like seeing that that play out in really close friendships when when that love is lost and and that can be circumstantial it can be like this person moved away uh and and just there's a there's a separation in the relationship because of that and and i think it it has a significant impact on sixes who so value loyalty fidelity um they're 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 looking for support and so this is part of their support system that has now moved on Mm-hmm. That's why I heard there as well. Rejection can be about all sorts of stuff, but here rejection is about faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And noting that it's also a very emotional experience for this person. That's not all, always the case with the types in terms of how they experience rejection. It's not always going to be emotional, but it feels in this quote like it's a very emotional experience. Right. Yes, very much so. Well, and what you were saying, TJ, about the support system and how that's a part of their support system that has failed them. Two sixes actually commented on that kind of support system in how they react to being rejected. Uh, One six says, it feels awful in the pit of my stomach. I seek comfort from others. And another says, feels like I'm not good enough. Look for others to be with. And so you see them trying to fill this gap Mm -hmm. of where their support system failed and so they try to fill it. Yeah. Lots of earning language there as well, just worthy of note that sixes in order to get what they want will will earn it. If it's the case that they can't earn the relationship that they want, that's the move into problem solving and stress. Right. And that for sixes, they're in that emotional response triad of, of how they solve problems. And they will seek to to explore and share their emotional place. This is an earth shattering event and, and they'll seek, like I like the uh, seeking comfort from other people and like it, drawing other people into it is, is part of the reaction of sixes is, is like, I, this is how I feel about this. And I need someone to help carry that and also help validate my feelings about this situation. I wonder as well if it's more of a, six wing seven move to do that to go to other people Hmm. in those situations because there are also a couple sixes here that talk about withdrawing instead of moving towards other people so one six just said shame withdrawal self-loathing and the other six said i withdraw and need space when healthy then i can engage and pursue where the disconnect is so I wonder if that other side of withdrawing would be six wing fives. Sure. I, I know how to talk about that. I would bet, and this is 
almost entirely based on my experience with my spouse, uh, who's much stronger and she is six with a much stronger five wing than her seven wing. She doesn't withdraw from me necessarily Mm. when other relationships are suffering, but she does have a tendency to withdraw from those people. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So she, she won't seek out the people that she's experiencing emotional distress with. But she will seek to share that, that like her emotional response comes to me a lot. So it might be two sides of the same coin. Right. Where it's one of them's withdrawing from that person or mm-hmm. from the source of the infidelity or rejection and moving towards, on the other side of the coin, moving towards others. Mm-hmm. So it could, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. What I would assume theoretically would be that the six would want their feelings validated, their thoughts validated emotionally, as we said. But when that doesn't happen, their stress number is going to three. So they're going to become more assertive that people pay attention to them in their stressful situation. Yeah. But those might, I like the idea that that might be just a select few. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might also be to themselves. Right. Like they will feel more assertive on the inside, perhaps that that might not be right, but that's a possibility. Like their self-talk, if that makes sense. Sure. I don't necessarily see, I guess it it depends a lot on the health of the of the individual, but I don't necessarily see that assertiveness coming out in the midst of the problem solving. Mm. Like I, I feel like it's, it's, it's the next step. It's, mm-hmm. it's past the problem solving. So I would anticipate seeing more emotional response. Like a six experiences some kind of hurt and then they want to share and have their emotions validated. And when that still isn't being fulfilled, the move into the three is actually past the emotional response. So it's getting things done. It's uh, drawing attention to, to themselves. Like I, I think the drawing attention would be a much more unhealthy reaction typically, but I, I don't know that that assertiveness would necessarily come in to aid the problem solving. Mm-hmm. Correct. I think, and this is something that we're going to do a lot of work on this in the future, but off mic, we've talked quite a bit about how our coping style is kind of a barrier. It's almost a wall to keep us centered. The coping style for the six is I want others' emotional response to validate how I'm feeling about the world. And that's that will be how they're trying to feel connected to others, establish faithfulness, who here is still reliable. If that breaks, you're going to go into a whole different type to use their tools. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that is the move when you actually hit stress, you know, you've hit stress when you're fundamentally approaching the problem in a different fashion. That's why our stress number can be so valuable. It's giving us other tools to use for problems that we've been trying to work out. Is it the case that with sixes that you move from pay attention to this problem to a posture of heart that would be more like a pay attention to me? Um, one six commented saying that when others don't reciprocate their love, 
They said, I get depressed. I will give chase for a little bit after being rejected because it's hard for me to accept, but then I'll move on. Mm. So it seems to me that right there, they're kind of saying, hey, like pay attention to me. This isn't actually what you want. Kind of moving into that space a little bit, it seems. And I would also say that for a lot of sixes, I would I would guess that if they had the time to really think about their answer to that question, it would be that paying attention to the problem is paying attention to me. Mm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I suppose here's your stepping back side of things is we haven't brought in affect, but sixes will detach from relationships that aren't working. Mm. Yep. Just like threes and nines will. And so that might be just an extra measure there of the all the movement that's taking place. Yeah, I think that does happen after they have pushed back. So if they've pushed back and then it's still not working out and it's still not, they're still not getting that loyalty or that love from the person, then they'll detach. Bang. Did the sixes then on the flip side give advice to other sixes about how to navigate broken relationships that they did and I okay personally I love like I feel like there's so much meat in this advice like it's just it's gold in my opinion so if you are feeling rejected listen up and bookmark this and save this episode because you're going to want to go back to it when you do feel rejected if you're not right now and I have a few so I'm just kind of going to go through all of them because I think they're all good. <laughs> One six says, rejection isn't your fault. You aren't a fool for letting down your walls. This next six says, it's probably not as disastrous as you think, and you are not likely the problem. Be curious and open before making judgments. Another six, you can find what you're looking for in friends and family until the right person comes along. I don't know when that is, and I can't give you a timeline, and I know that makes you anxious. I'm sorry. I wish love was more predictable and happened on a schedule too, but do not give up hope and live your life to the fullest as much as you can, even within your heartbreak. I'm always glad when things don't work out because I always see eventually why they didn't. Someday, I'm excited to see why they did work out. Maybe that's something you can think about, and I'm here for you. The next six says, your gut isn't lying to you. Another says, don't seek love for validation. Another says, don't settle, do your homework, know what your priorities are. No one is entitled to a chance and you will get through this. The next six, the final six says, chin up. There will be more opportunities. Not every person in your life is meant to stay. I got lots of thoughts. You got thoughts? It's so encouraging. Yeah. I just love it. <laughs> and I also think it's important to say that if you were six listening to this, part of what you're thinking right now is those people are speaking out of their own individual experiences and it's different for the one that you're going through. And that's several different people that we're all saying about the same thing. So maybe there is some universality to what they're saying. And it does apply to you, too. I had a fantastic conversation with the captivating Joni Wilson this morning about how wrong the heart's message is 
commonly for sixes. It's commonly voiced as you are safe, that sixes need to hear you are safe. And she said, this is entirely false. What sixes need to hear is you are enough. And the idea that is just dripping out of all of these quotes is you have the strength to take this thing on. And that's what they want to hear when they're having real <laughs> problems is they want somebody to step into their life and say, no, 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 you've, you've got what it takes. And it just seemed to be, yeah, again, all over the language there. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to make up monikers for everybody, by the way. <laughs> love it. I love it. Here for it. Well, you want to move to the sevens? Let's do it. Let's do we've it. We've set, set this sucker in motion. What do the sevens say about how it feels when others don't reciprocate their love? The first seven says, have feelings of disappointment and pain. I will surround myself with friends and keep moving on in life. And another seven actually says pretty much that same thing. They say, I get hurt by rejection initially, but I can remind myself of who I am and move on to my next goal or task of my own pretty easily. I've been heartbroken a lot and I've learned to not hold on so tight and to love myself. Yeah, there's a um, seven's part of the way that they solve problems when they're faced with it is with a positive outlook. And, and here we have examples of people saying, yeah, I just move on. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think that can be really healthy to say, yeah, this is, this was a time and I'm going to move on from this now. Uh, it can also be a really good example of how sevens reframe in an unhealthy way because they're, they're essentially dismissing they, they could be essentially dismissing the emotional impact uh, and importance of that experience mm. in order to move on from it. That's what I hear also, is that there is an undercurrent there of real of damage, of hard life happening, and then there's the move. <laughs> right. And so this creates... Two things. One, it may it may have some solution there that you don't want to stay in the that bad state of affairs forever. But on the flip side, and we all know this, you eventually, in order to be a whole person, you really do need to have done the hard work to bind up wounds, to mm-hmm. confess what's what's gone terribly that still has, you know, those places of relational problem, difficulty, hurt need to be addressed at some point or else. They, they can they can do damage. Right. Well, and a lot of people think or have this misconception that sevens don't feel things very deeply, um, especially on the lower half of the emotional spectrum. And this is a good place to mention that they do feel very deeply. And this is often why they don't want to move into those dark places, because they feel it so deeply. Right. It is a very hard thing for them to go through because it is so painful. And so going into those dark places, they don't want to feel stuck there and they don't want to feel stuck in that pain because they feel so deeply. So they're, they're not callous. <laughs> You'll notice how, again, the movement from the coping style to your stress number is real interesting here because there's going to be the positive outlook of the seven of moving but when that doesn't work, when there's a real break, the tools that are incorporated are the tools of the one. And so there actually is going to be a looking at all the pieces on the, on the board. I need to get things ordered 
so that I can get back to center and the adventurous, joyful self that I, I have. So mm-hmm. the, the easy illustration in my mind of this is the seven who's an alcoholic who realizes their life really needs to get systematized and figured out and we need to put things in place and these things need to be purged and we need to throw away the trash, we need to get things ordered so that I can move back into a place where things are rolling again. Mm -hmm. It feels to me like relationally that can be the case as well. Mm -hmm. These things don't work in the past. I'm going to get them figured out, ordered, kick out some some bad habits. Uh, Here are the 12 bad habits I probably need to address, and then I'm moving back to center. That would be a very healthy move, I would say, if they're doing that. Yeah, and I'm thinking about the on the less healthy end of the spectrum of, of the like picking up some of the rigidity and, and sort of criticism and, and blame and almost in a way combining that with a little bit of that positive outlook. Like this is all your fault. So I don't have to address it anymore. Mm, Yeah. Interesting. If that, Dialogue hit you. We did a fantastic set of episodes with the great Suzanne Stabile uh, about a year, year and a half ago on stress in which we talked about the high side of the stress number and the low side. So each of us, when we go to stress, we can go to stress in a very unhealthy way or we can use our stress number as a tool in a very positive, reconstructing, building, um, moving us back forward way. And so we went through all the numbers with that high and low side in mind. We're really worth pick, uh, listening to that if you get into that material. Any other quotes on uh, reciprocated love? Do, yes. So the next seven says, oof, it kind of crushes me, honestly. I always want everyone to like me, even if I don't like them. So if I'm rejected, I feel like a failure. I get through it by getting my friends to hype me up or just wallowing in sorrow for a while and hating myself, LOL. But if it's not a serious thing, I usually am pissed that they don't like me, but I just try and distract myself with someone else. (laughs) I like the, I'm mad that they didn't (laughs) like me back. (laughs) I need that energy in my life. (laughs) Wallowing in sorrow, LOL. Yeah. (laughs) BRV, allowing, um, wallowing in sorrow for just a minute. It's fine. I'll be back. <laughs> Might delete later. The language I heard was distract myself with someone else. Yeah. Where I was like, oh, uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> it, there, there is again the move toward I'm not going to address this problem and maybe have to go through the hard process of really saying what did this do to me? How do I move through this in a healthy way? I will mm-hmm. simply find somebody else and that will be sufficient. Yeah. Also, just want to clarify my personal from from my perspective, laughing at that quote, I'm laughing with you. I'm not laughing at you. Oh, yeah. Like for sure. <laughs> I, I love I love the energy from that. So I I like it. Yeah. What else you got? So this next seven says I shut them out. I have a fairly tough exterior to protect my soft interior. To have a breakthrough, I have to be sure that there is a mutual desire for a relationship to happen. Great example of feeling repression there. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And just shutting it off. Just saying, ah, there's not a problem here. Mm -hmm. We're done. (laughs) And, And an opportunity to sort of justifying having one foot out the door. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. 
Is there something that we didn't mention this element of going to your stress number, but there's something that ones want and that's control and that sevens can have control in a different kind of way in terms of being ahead of the problem. But if you're really stressed out, the real move toward to grab hold of control. I don't know if that works there, but well, that's I know what I heard. This, this one seven said, well, first they said, when I'm rejected, I usually don't take the hint. <laughs> and then they said, but I tend to not open up until I know I won't be rejected. So there's the control element there of I'm not going to be vulnerable. I'm not going to open up until I know that this is a safe space. We're only doing this on my terms. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Are all the aggressive types like that? Mm, pro- I, I would, that feels correct to me. I would say yes. But I, I think it's more than just the aggressive types. I think so too. And I don't know that I would describe threes that way. I think they wouldn't open up authentically until mm-hmm. knowing they won't be rejected. That's what I was thinking also. They might open up in ways that will elevate themselves but not in the vulnerable, this is where I suck mm-hmm. ways. And I, I don't even know that it would necessarily be like on their terms. I think the sevens and eights and some other types might, might exp- not necessarily say it that way, but, but like they exert some kind of control over how they share themselves in that way. Mm-hmm. Like I will let this part out of me when I feel safe. But I think threes would be, it, it's more about them not being in touch with it in the first place. Ooh, yeah. yeah, that's actually where I I said it and then I kind of backstepped. It, there would be an assumption that aggressive types actually know how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's not the case. That's right. That's actually where they're repressed. I wonder with sevens and eights as well, if it's also about the connection to five. Mm-hmm. Because they both have a connection to five. And the five is very much the type to not be vulnerable until feeling safe, particularly. And even then, not being very vulnerable. (laughs) Bing. Any advice from the sevens for other sevens? Okay. The first seven says, it may be really hard to not be with that person all the time. And it may hurt and make you feel lonely. But it's okay to have some space, especially if your partner needs time to themselves. It doesn't mean they love you any less, and it's not something you should take personally. The next seven says, you do you. Don't let love or lack of it hinder you. You are beautiful, independent, and strong, and don't need a single person to tell you that. And also, it's a waste of time to wish away moments of your single life waiting for someone to come along. Live life fully, alone or not. They had like a live life fully dot, 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 alone or not. (laughs) The next seven says, the world is full of people you're going to click with. But if you're like me, you have high standards for people who actually stay in your life. So if you feel like there's no one out there who you actually want to keep, it's not true. There is. Try and focus on who you have and building better friendships slash relationships with them. The next seven says, don't get caught up in a soulmate. There isn't a perfect answer to life, but make sure before you get married to make sure this is the life you want. The next seven says, you have to love yourself first. It's impossible to give love when you can't love yourself. And the next person says, find your people and from them, you'll find the one. 
kaleidoscopic yes. Uh, yes. sevenness. I was thinking a, a cornucopia of seven <laughs> responses. It's true. I mean, they're all like the li- the world is full of opportunity and people and great things. So don't get down. You'll find it. It feels like there's a um, a good representation of sort of two poles of a spectrum within a lot of these responses. Whereas is one like that that first quote made me think of some of the sevens that I know that have a really hard time when other people don't want to do the fun things that they want to do. You know, like mm-hmm. like there's a there's an element of of connection there that they struggle with with not being part of their lives. Whereas the other end of the spectrum is don't worry about other people. You figure out you. Mm-hmm. That's true. Lots of the advice I heard had everything to do with motive. And I, it, some of that was great advice, but some of it may not be the healthiest advice <laughs> is what I kept thinking. And, and I think it can be manic in the way that sometimes when you're a seven that's, that's hurt, you can get manic of the language of being hurt and lonely paired with live life fully. You know, one of the statements was don't get caught up in the idea of a soulmate. And obviously that is a place where you're trapped. This relationship (laughs) is a trap and you should spin the relationship in your head as just a trap that you avoided, you know. Um, But that colors a lot of motive, colors a lot of how the coping style works in terms of let's positively spin this. I do think, though, on the on just that particular quote, mm-hmm. that could be spun um, the other way as well, where they're right if they're saying soulmate type thinking is kind of a trap. Like there's not just one fish in the sea out there for you. You could make it work with a lot of different people and you could be very, very happy with a variety of different people. And so if you think that that one person was your one chance and they rejected you, it's all right because there's other people out there that you could be very, very happy with. That's a good clarification. I missed the back end. Notice the here's sevens uh, to talk about affect again are going to be idealists. And so there it is. It's Mm -hmm. let's let's be measured and thoughtful about how our ideals work when we connect with the world. Yeah, I will say as well. Coming from a four, (laughs) Um, the advice I would give sevens is it is okay to feel the feelings and it's okay to sit in those places. Even if you need somebody to sit in those places with you because it's scary, that's okay. That's fine. That's a completely normal response and feeling to have that it's scary because it can be. But processing those feelings and those emotions will help you move on cleanly and you won't bring you won't be bringing this buried emotional baggage to other things like if if you don't deal with it now it will come out in other ways that are ugly later at people that were unrelated and if you don't have people in your life that can walk through this with you like i i there are a lot of sevens who report that that the people in their lives expect them to be the dancing mm, monkey all the time. Yep. Like if, if, if you don't have people that can let you be sad, that's the problem you need to solve first. Yep. Find a support group. There's tons of support groups as well. Facebook groups as well. 
one of the most meaningful relationships in my life is with a seven, but we have a long distance relationship. And so I don't have that relationship with him in terms of ever asking him to be a jumping monkey. And what's <laughs> real interesting is nearly every time he's communicating something to me uh, that's hard and he, he's got a very visible job, um, says, well, of course you can't tell this to anybody, but, and then the authenticity is just all over the next thing he's going to say because it's a safe space to not have to perform one. Two, he went through a terrible divorce 10 years ago, married to another seven, two sevens. What could go wow. wrong? Um, the That's a lot of energy in that relationship. <laughs> it was, that wedding was amazing. Um, <laughs> she racked up uh, a few hundred thousand dollars in debt. He oh spent the next couple years paying it all off when they got divorced. He, and that was, notice the one side here that in getting his life put back together, one of the things he chose to do was to pay off the debt from his divorce. Very orderly, very, I'm going to get things under control so that I can move back into center. And that was his way of responding to rejected love. And that really was the situation. His his uh, spouse rejected him and then left him with all this debt. Really courageous move. I, I just... It routinely strikes me as just <laughs> incredibly admirable, but the orderliness there is if you're if you're looking to use your stress number to repair rejection, that that might be that's that's a good way to go, like going to the high side of one. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that most sevens are listening that are not going to be finding themselves in an exact same scenario, but but that's a, also a really good example of something that he chose to keep in his life that would be a constant reminder. So like he couldn't just bounce. He couldn't uh, just move yeah. on from That's that call. really quickly. He he chose something that would keep it present for yep. him for years. So in a way, he chose a path that would force him to go through it. Which is very wise. Yeah. An unhealthy way of doing that, I suppose you can just, you can imagine somebody getting the the credit card bill every month and, you know, making fun of it. Look, look how much I know now, you know, as opposed <laughs> to doing right. the hard work of knocking that sucker out. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. I'll move to the eights. Mm-hmm. What do eights do when their love is not reciprocated, Cambry? So I didn't get very many responses from eights because they are just doing life. <laughs> So I got one really good quote, and then I have some personal thoughts for another substitute of a quote. (laughs) So this first eight says, if it's not direct and I feel overall like there's a strain in our relationship, I'll usually get bored and move on. If I'm directly rejected, I'll take it and move forward. Rejection used to scare me a lot more, but as a former aspiring but ultimately unsuccessful theater kid, I got really used to rejection and I just sort of embrace it now, which also sounds just very, it's a very eight, let's just keep moving forward type response. (laughs) And there's also not a lot of emotional sharing Mm -hmm. in that response. I heard a lot of language of leverage there. Ooh. This doesn't have power over me. I am in control in this space. Mm-hmm. And I will I'm gonna do what I want. 
which would be common, you know, in terms of, of eights not only wanting to be strong in the midst of a relationship going south, that would be just a natural defense. Probably the, the first, that's the first card you play, yeah? Mm-hmm. I think on the flip side as well, when rejection is coming from somebody that they felt would not reject them slash betray them or betray their feelings or betray the vulnerability that they had with that person, the rejection first off can feel just like that. It can feel like a betrayal rather than a rejection. But I think a lot of eights might also feel a loss of control and that life is spinning out of control, If especially if it was like a spouse that ends up rejecting them, where their whole life is kind of tied up in that person. It can feel like nothing, you don't have control over anything anymore. And so it might feel like complete chaos. And you just want to grab hold to something. You just want to feel in control just a little bit of something. And it just isn't happening. And that can be a really dark place. Coping styles can be the same as sixes. They're going to want validation. But here it's not about fear. It's about their anger. If, if, if they're, if I imagine if an eight's very intimate with another person, um, as a confidant, a lot of their anger towards the broken relationship is going to come out in their vocabulary. And the thing that they're going to really want is for the person in front of them to, to validate their anger. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of attention to the fact they can't control the things out there. And if that doesn't work, the move for eights is to withdraw and they're going to enter five space where they can get their head around what happened with that relationship, with that broken relationship, use tools at five. I wonder as well if the whole, so I know how we talked about the idea of this isn't going to affect me as kind of like a power control move. I wonder if part of it is also the fact that they expect to be rejected anyways. And so when it happens, they're like, yeah, I kind of figured anyways, So they have already hardened against that negative thing. And so they're kind of almost ready for it when it happens. It still hurts, but they at least were kind of prepared in a way. Right. And they can often spin it as I was expecting this, therefore I'm not hurt by it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You can't be disappointed if you expect disappointment. Yeah. Which is false. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it's not a good idiom. Yeah. Bring it in. The affect here, again, the, the way that eights are going to connect with the world and with others is often by offering their strength. And there's something about leverage again there. Like, I'm the one who's strong. I'm offering you strength. If you don't want it, that's just fine. I really didn't expect it anyway. I'll go over here. <laughs> energy, energy, energy. And then it's moved a different place. Yes. There's the opposite side of that coin that's real similar to sevens in that you are feeling repressed. Eights are going to be naturally feeling repressed. And if they don't do the hard work of what it feels like when somebody else rejects you, then that's pushing into imbalance. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, this other eight said, and just to preface this, it feels like a lot of body type things, um, like they're responding to the rejection through movement in a way. Um, So this eight said, I feel broken, but I pray positive affirmations, use essential oils and take feel good supplements. 
So it's all of these doing action-oriented type things, which actually that's very that's healthy. not that's not a bad thing, right? Because especially if you're pairing those things with like if if you're tuning out noise at the same time that you're doing these things, you will allow yourself to process in the meantime. Like if you can go for a walk or go for a run and you don't have music in or you don't have a podcast playing or something and you're kind of just alone with your thoughts, but you're still moving your body, that can be a really safe place for you to process the feelings. Even music actually can be good because it can help you process feelings as well. But getting into your body is not a bad thing. Yeah, the... An idea that's simmering in the back of my mind, and I'm sure it will come out at some point, is that all of us have energy, almost a primal energy that is filtered through us, and we have to take that energy and place it somewhere. The things for eights in a broken relationship is a lot of that energy, the temptation to convert that energy into vengeance and retaliation will color a broken relationship. You hurt me and I will pound you into sand to let you know and everyone else know that this will never happen again is, I imagine, the immediate first move <laughs> for a lot of eights in their heart and in their desires, whether or not, if it's the case that that eight can convert it into, you know what, I'm going to go on around, I'm going to use some essential oils, I'm going to get back in charge of myself and my future. Man, that's, that's, a, that's some healthy eightness going on there as opposed mm -hmm. to how do I retaliate in the most aggressive way possible. Right. Well, there's, there's also like, like thinking about the emotional response of problem solving is going to be immediate mm. for most. Yep. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, we need to solve this right now and skipping that step and going straight to the stress number and picking up some of the withdrawal there is actually not necessarily yeah. a bad thing. Especially from a nine who's looking at this. <laughs> <laughs> correct. Absolutely correct. I would much rather you go away and we, f we talk about it calmly later. But, but that, that idea of uh, instead of taking control of the situation, asserting my will to confront the person I'm having trouble with and to solve this problem right now because they may not be in a space where they can deal with that and it's entirely possible that I'm a little hot-headed and things aren't going to go well. Maybe it's a good idea for me to step back and go on a run and spend some time really thinking about it. Know a lot of uh, eights who obviously who do you know yoga, kickboxing, things of that sort that I'm going to use. Again, you have energy the energy needs to go someplace it can go into you know massacring the person that that just hurt you or i can take this out on a yoga mat you know in a healthy way any uh any advice for eights to other eights yes so the first eight says sometimes it can feel discouraging to feel like you come off too strong for people but it honestly can be a gift so don't let it shake you up that's who you are at your core. So if you feel like you need to restrain your personality in order to attract them, you're not going to end up very happy with them. You have the ability to lead in your relationship and the right partner will embrace that instead of telling you to play it more cool. The next eight says, 
try not to take it to heart. It's not about you. Not everyone likes the same flavor of tea. Some people like chamomile and we're spicy rosé with a <laughs> winky face or spicy rose with a winky face. <laughs> I love that. Um, I would add, so that's uh, what I have from eights, but I would add control is not the target. Getting control back is not the worthy target here. Mm. I think the worthy target would be finding ways to be more vulnerable with yourself and others that are really close to you, others that you feel safe with and making those connections will help you move on in a better way. Maybe not. A, I don't like to use the word better way because then it kind of is like this. This is better than the other. Maybe in a more clean way, it can help you move on from it faster, possibly by being vulnerable with yourself and others and processing it rather than retaliating. <laughs> and and even help you actually move on. Yeah. As opposed to just cutting bait and running. Uh, off mic, we were talking about uh, uh, power moves, like things that we do to sort of control relationships and environments around us. And like, like there, there is something about the like taking the energy of the eight and cutting off relationships and just leaving. There's like, that's a power move for eight. And that is a way to end relationships or, and, and to, to move on to just ghost people and leave. But you might have an actual healthy ending. If you're able to delve into some of the vulnerability involved in there. Mm-hmm. That's also what I heard is a lot of these comments are doubling down on strength and doubling down on you expected rejection and here's how you can strongly navigate this. I, I hear that in terms of the heart of it ain't. Uh, prescriptive wise, I think that TJ and Camry are both right that targeting your repressed center is actually where the work needs to be done is really getting in touch with how you feel so that you can engage your innocent side, your, your soft hearted, uh, magnanimous side of contributing in that space is a, is a great good. Secondarily, the, if you go into your stress number and really use those tools available at five to withdraw, to really self-assess, to be aware of where you, where you come across strongly and to moderate that. Your strength is is a real asset when used in wise and constructive fashions. So that's, mm-hmm. but you'll know that at five, like five, fives will be, your five tools will, you'll be able to observe yourself and be able to observe the world. And then you'll be able to act in productive relationship building fashions let's say as well the idea of cutting the relationship off can be a good thing it can be a healthy thing it might be what's needed especially if that relationship was toxic or it just wasn't good for you however there might be times where it is more wise to not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. where there might be if you repaired it could be even better after And sometimes people are dumb. Okay, not sometimes. People are just dumb. (laughs) Like people mess up all the time. And tell eights that. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. And um, I think sometimes after going through a bout of rejection or even perhaps betrayal, you could have a better relationship 
after dealing with that, after talking with them, talking it out. And if it seems that it might be a good move to keep the relationship, it could it could be really great. And I know that's that's scary and that's OK. <laughs> well, you got any thoughts for the nines? Uh, what do nines say about themselves when love is not reciprocated? I have a lot for nines. This first nine says, I explain it away over and over to myself, rationalize, then ignore it until it goes away. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. That feels like a six. It feels like a six move to me as well. The explain it away over and over to myself, rationalize portion. I can also, I, if, if you'd like to know where that comes from in the heart of a nine, I'd love to enlighten Do it. Do it. <laughs> It's, <laughs> it's a it's an element so um because nines are at the crown of the enneagram we see all the other types more clearly than we see ourselves so when these kinds of things happen we justify it in a uh explaining their side kind of way mm. we're playing that mediator role to ourselves looking at their side of the yep. of the story I find, because I have a wing here, I find that that's a control move for me. Mm-hmm. That if I can explain something rationally, it actually gives me power. Mm-hmm. And so if I can say this is why they're doing it, I can elevate, I can disconnect. There's the withdrawal in part. Mm-hmm. But that feels like a, I'm the one who is overseeing this situation kind of move. Is it also a move of like, this is why I don't need to take it personally? Or do you not feel that? I think it depends on how healthy I'm feeling that particular day. Because <laughs> mm. I, I think it, uh, <laughs> it is in part a way of, of helping me understand, like, like live in their shoes a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's also a way of not addressing the actual problem. Mm. Like if you can explain the problem, then you don't necessarily have to address yep. the problem. Yep. Interesting. That's, gotcha. that's a isolated move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Th- this is about, I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to talk about this to myself. You all aren't invited to my space, but I'm going to interpret this how I desire. Mm-hmm. And, and this way we, I, we also don't have to f- have a fight about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what I mean. Yeah, That is gotcha. a control move of mm-hmm. I don't have to have a fight about this. Fighting is not going to be one of the plays that's an option for anyone in this scenario. Yeah? Yep. I'm, ta- I'm taking that off the table. That's Yeah, that's the preference. It's a, it's a control move that most nines will not agree to being a control move. Yeah. Because most nines don't want to see themselves as controlling. Right. Don't want to be controlled. Mm. And also don't want to be perceived as being controlled. Right, right, right. Want to be, they want to be perceived as being the easy to get along with, Mm -hmm. simple, not too complex, not complicated. And so if you're controlling, that's complicated. Right. And it also enters, opens the door for conflict. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What the nine offers to others in relationship is here's the calm I'm going to bring. Here's the peace I'm going to bring. Here's the Mm -hmm. stability I'm going to bring. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the opposite. Yeah. Any other quotes from nines? Yeah. I have a few more. So there's two quotes that are very similar. One says, act like nothing is wrong, then cry alone. And then it has the crying (laughs) laughing emoji. (laughs) And the next one says, 
isolate and listen to sad playlists, cry, pour out my feelings, or pour my feelings out into writing. So the act like nothing's wrong in person, but would you, yeah. TJ, can you talk about crying alone? I've, I've nowhere on my systems does that play into the heart of a nine. How would you talk about? Uh, that? It's part of that. I like how Cambry said earlier that it makes things complicated. Crying in front of other people makes things complicated. Oh, sure. Sure, sure. Yeah, there it is. Well, then also people are going to ask you what you're feeling and you might not know. Yes. yes. Or more importantly, no? you might not have the interest or capacity in. Mm. So it's, it's also, I don't want to place my stuff onto your plate. Mm-hmm. And if I'm crying because I don't want to take up space, yeah, it it invites you, and and can also be seen as a manipulative move to invite you to ask me what's wrong, and it's easier mm-hmm. to just I'll I'll deal with this by myself. Mm-hmm. Man, I we haven't talked about this. I bet you eights, nines, and ones are hyper aware of when they use manipulation towards others, and they mm. generally choose not to for three very different reasons mm-hmm. so that's very that's real interesting from my childhood my my beloved mother who who passed three years ago who uh long-time listeners will know is an is a nine D- divorced my dad when when i was young uh ended up having a string of really unhealthy boyfriends in her life one of whom cheated on her and when her love and connection to this person was rejected she kicked a hole in one of our walls mm-hmm. that lasted for a couple <laughs> a couple of months that hole was in the wall oh she, my and, and me, my brother and I thought that she got angry at us and in retrospect I know exactly what happened and have a huge sympathy because if I was a little bit more mature and older I could have spoken into that situation however 12 year old Jeff was not capable <laughs> of, of meeting her needs in that moment. But the fact, here's the thing about the nine, there is a tipping point. Is there not TJ oh, in yeah. terms of relational rejection, hitting the spot, that the anger is unleashed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a boiling pressure cooker. Yeah. At some point it just pops. And it's never in a good and appropriate way either. <laughs> like that's just not how it works. Mm-hmm. It's always in a kicking a hole in the wall in front of your 12-year-old and your 6-year-old whose oh who's eyes are wide, mouths are open going, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How to a 12-year-old Jeff, the only thing in his head is, how do I make this better? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you would like to hear what my conversations on the couch sound like, the the other side of this, um, the spurts of, how would you characterize the spurts from a nine? They are frantic, untied together, pure. It's raw. It's raw Mm -hmm. energy coming at you Mm -hmm. when, when things break. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's it's the opposite end of that element of of control that we're talking about it's it's when like we spend so much energy working to be in control of our emotions to make sure that that we're not a burden on other people to be composed tempering so then 
then when when the real stuff comes out, it comes out raw because we haven't spent the energy on it to make sure it's appropriate. Does that have anything to do with the move to six? Ooh, I would say, I mean, because the move to six entails dealing maybe, well, I don't know, because there's definitely the whole I want to be heard I don't I I don't know if it would be the move to six or if it's just this pent up thing. I think the move to six is more the worrying and over rationalizing and spinning thoughts. Mm-hmm. Devoid. Whereas of, this just seems uh, yeah. This seems more of a feeling emotional release type thing. I think breaking point was a good word. Yeah. And 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 you can point to you can easily point to anger in different aspects of eight's lives. You can easily point to anger in different aspects of one's lives. And it's not necessarily tied to stress or security even. And this is, this is the place where anger exists for, for nines. So you, you can showcase explosive anger, not in stress. Yes. Yeah, because it it's more about loss of control than it is about stress. Mm. The this needs to be earmarked for nines, eights, and ones. The that's the answer. You just gotta know that about your underlying feeling. It's about the lack of control. A lot of the answers from eights earlier. It's just about lack of control in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You can't control other people, and that's relationships are all about other people. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's a compounding loss of peace, a compounded loss of harmony. Mm-hmm. If there's yeah. too many things, there's too many situations or too much loss of peace, like there's a threshold. Yeah. And once you've met the threshold, then all hell breaks loose. Yeah. And I think stress can play a role there, but I don't think they're tied together. Yeah. I think stress lowers the threshold, honestly. Mm, yep. That checks out. I don't know what you mean. Uh, being in stress, the the distance between my between my ability to sort of like maintain and where everything breaks, that distance is smaller when I'm in stress. The fuse is shorter. Oh, I see. Sure, that makes sense. Do you have any other quotes, Cambry? I do. I have one more. So this last nine says it hurts like a lot. I think, did I do or say something wrong? I end up worrying over stuff like that. If I get rejected, I try my best to move on, even when it hurts like hell. But I do get really sad at first. You hear the move to six there as well. They say that they're worrying about stuff. It sounds like there's these churning, worrying thoughts going on. Yeah. Of did I do or say something wrong? Did I cause this? Is this my fault? Thing I hear there, we talked about this in previous podcasts, is that nines receive love through their physicality. And when they say it hurts like hell, that's about their intuitions and how they receive love. And so just to put a name on that, that nines who are listening, you need to receive love in your intuitions. And so when it's not reciprocated, it ends up being a very physical experience. Right. Well, I think it also ties back to motive where nines, or I guess fear, where nines don't want to lose relationships. They don't want to lose connection. 
And so losing that connection is a very visceral feeling. It's a, it hurts a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Because they, because that matters a lot to them to have relationships. We haven't brought that in. Uh, this is something TJ and I talk about a lot in terms of the fear of nines of feeling like everything's falling apart or disconnection. It's a, that, that certainly is about relationships. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's all relationships. It's especially the ones that are close because there's, you already know how these works and there's, there's no, there's less danger with the ones that are close because you understand it and you know how it works and you know how to keep it calm and, I think that's a that's part of where that positive outlook really plays a role in this discussion. Mm-hmm. Is that like we don't want to face that so much that we're going to pretend like it doesn't exist. The thing I also hear in your language there is that's your affect as well. You're going to connect with the people who are going to maintain some sense of stability Ooh. and calm. Right. Mm-hmm. And because it, that connection exists in certain places, we're going to double down on it. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I, I really appreciate about TJ in my life, especially as a business partner, is TJ has a, a huge radar for who's going to be a problem. I don't. I'm an idealist. <laughs> I, ro- I, rock in, I walk into all relationships thinking this is going to go great. I'm going to be mm-hmm. able to move them into places that are amazing. This person is clearly, you know, a meth addict. Who, the, the face tattoo is kind of disturbing, but I bet you they're going <laughs> to do a great job being a stable employee. Nope. And TJ. <laughs> nope. Not going to happen. Sorry. They're, they're going to be good for about two weeks. Just the reality of it. They're just being authentic with the face tattoo. Come on. <laughs> I, I'm not, I won't say I'm not against face tattoos, but it's not like, it's not the thing that makes me concerned. It's, it's a pattern of behavior. Got uh, any more quotes from the nine Stuart? Are we moving towards uh, advice? Moving towards advice, yeah. So I, I realize I didn't say this for all of the other types, but... These sections of advice can go for all types. They are geared toward the section, like that type section. So like these ones that I'm going to say are geared towards nines. However, if it resonates and it's helpful, take it in. You don't have to be a nine for this to be helpful. So this first nine says, it's not because you're not enough. They were not right for you. The next nine says, time is our greatest healer and worst enemy. A little philosophical there. The next one says, their rejection isn't indicative to your worth or value as a human or a partner. The next one says, take it slow. It's okay to daydream, but come back down to reality with a physical activity like meditation, yoga, running, or something else that gets you out of your head. Go to therapy two exclamation points. (laughs) The next one says, let yourself feel the pain. Don't try to numb it. Wallow in it. The next one, if you get rejected, it'll hurt. It's inevitable unless you've never really fallen for someone. But don't let that hurt consume you. You're more than whoever you fall in love with, and you're going to be okay without them. One day you'll realize that being alone is okay. And maybe one day you'll find you'll finally find someone, that true someone to spend the rest of your life with. The next one says your feelings and desires are equally as valid as your partner's. The next one, 
Love is a choice and a commitment. Try to stay present during hard conversations and share your thoughts and feelings. The next one, you're worth more than their negative opinions about you. And the last one, losing someone you love doesn't mean you are alone or that you have lost yourself. Can I speak to this real quick? I guess you're going to summarize this better than I, I do, TJ. The, I did not expect this when we prepped the podcast. The way that advice is offered is so, it, it's such a great window into the perspective of these types. Mm-hmm. It the, the advice oftentimes can be great and it can be trash. It very much is coming out of the motive of yeah. these types it all i mean you hear positive spin all over the place in these quotes you hear the the fear of things breaking apart and disconnection in these quotes there is a very physical orientation to these quotes of you need to feel the pain <laughs> that is coming out of the heart of a nine and most of us may not know that that's what's in the heart of a nine but that is a very physical way of engaging the world all perspectives are equally valid, et cetera. It's just worth naming as we're talking about how each of us in our type experience rejection that our Enneagram filters that. And being able to name how our Enneagram type filters rejection really matters in terms of asking, here's the big question for us. Is it healthy or unhealthy? Really, there's nothing bigger than that. There's going to be all sorts of advice that we get from all sorts of different people. Rejection and love is one of the hardest things that we endure. And so in that hardest of hard places, the only question in that place that oftentimes we feel so broken, the question is, what does it look like for me to be a healthy person in this space that's so difficult? That was my take. Mm. You got thoughts? I was also thinking about how much of that advice is geared toward helping people get through in a peaceful kind of way. Yep. Mm. It's like, it's going to be all right. uh, It's so much is, is very soothing kind of advice. Yep. Notice how different it was from the eights. Yeah. Yeah, Which was basically like, it's, it's not your problem. It's theirs. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. It's soothing, connective advice. Mm-hmm. Their perspective matters. It's equally valid. Mm-hmm. Eight's not going to say that. Right. <laughs> Two very different ways to get control in the situation when you just got re- you just got hurt by somebody that you cared about. I'll say as well, a lot of this advice is very generous because it is supposed to be phrased as somebody else. And I think it would be very helpful if these same people took their own advice. And I hope that they do. I hope that they talk to themselves this way because it's a very kind way to speak to yourself. Like telling a nine, you're worth more than that other person's negative opinions about you. Your feelings and desires are equally as valid as your partner's. Like I, I really hope that these nines that wrote these are taking that into themselves as well because it's true. I mean, that honestly, those really great advice from my standpoint that you have a valid, you're valid too. You can take up space. You're worth more than that. Mm-hmm. You're worthy of love kind of postures. A lot of 
good emotional wisdom. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It also, I found as well, kind of with what Jeff was saying, where it speaks a lot to their experience as a nine with love. Mm. I heard a lot of merging mm. where it's like, if you lose this person, you haven't lost yourself. Mm. And yeah. like losing the relationship, you don't lose you kind of language, which I thought was also really interesting. Yeah, addressing the some of the element of that fear of separation where mm-hmm. it's like it it's not just that this person left, but it's like I lost an arm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And in that case, the nine that has felt rejected and the nine that's going through this loss of relationship and this rejection is going to need to spend some time figuring out who they are. Mm-hmm. And that is a good thing. Yeah. I'm hesitant to talk about this. But at some point, I know that TJ and I will do a series on grief and a lot of the same themes are going to come up. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that as we're, as we're discussing all of the types that I imagine that there's a, a real common, I imagine there's a very similar emotional experience between rejected love and the loss of somebody that you care about right. in terms of how you process that internally. Because it's, it's 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 not the same thing, but it is the same experience for the one who's left. Mm-hmm. It's yes, like some someone that I had a loving relationship with is not there anymore, either because they chose to leave, or they passed away. Yep. I hate to say that brings us to the ones, but that's where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> Got a segue somehow. <laughs> Tell me what the ones say, Cambry, about uh, when when love isn't reciprocated. The first one actually fits well with the somber mood. They say at the very beginning, trigger warning, eating disorders, OCD, and anxiety. Woo! Come on. So they say, I've been in a safe, strong, healthy marriage for almost 10 years, but concerning past rejections before years of therapy, this is how they dealt with this. They say, restrict and grab for control in any way I can. Clean, yep. organize, fix, correct, and control every imperfect aspect of my life. This was often counterproductive and led to self-destructive choices. Dear listener, if that was you, I love you. Um, just that just resonates with my soul, and uh, I I see you. Anything else worth saying? <laughs> you want to just talk about that quote for the next thirty minutes? I mean, what we've been talking about with the eights, nines, and ones about control, here's very, very clearly. I mean, they even stated it themselves, restrict and grab for control in any way I can. Mm-hmm. A very aware standpoint on it as well. Yeah, ones, like their their move in problem solving is is to solve problems competently. Let's divorce emotion out of this and let's uh, let's figure out what the right thing to do is and and move forward and and let's fix it let's fix it and and if they can't fix that they'll try to fix everything else in their life right right (laughs) so doubling down on what needs to be fixed and just like like working extra hard to fix everything Mm -hmm. this is i don't i don't i i know this so internally that 
I don't know if it needs to be said, is actually what goes through my mind, but I bet you it does. The reason that the one struggles with an eating disorder is because that's something they can control right mm-hmm. immediately. Exactly. And notice how much that is about themselves. Mm-hmm. I can do this immediately and it's about improving myself in whatever mm-hmm. standard I have. So I know in times of stress for myself, I don't I don't have an eating disorder. When I get stressed out, I start working out in very aggressive ways. So I'm I'm training for a marathon, you know, is is what goes through my mind. I bet you I can run fifteen miles in the next fifteen in the next month. <laughs> it's entirely about taking energy. We talked about energy earlier. You have all this energy. Things are going badly in the world. You can't connect with the people that you want to connect with. How am I going to use this energy in a way that moves the ball forward? For me, time to run a marathon. <laughs> and, and that's as much of a hit to my system as heroin is to, to the heroin addict. So we've, we've talked about a very, very famous illustration of this comes from Richard Rohr, who wrote one of the first books on Enneagram in terms of his own oneness. When things aren't going well, he's going to clean his bathroom. That man's a heroin addict. I don't care that he's in the ministry. (laughs) Just know that, my friend, is mainlining what his Enneagram type needs. Right. Without the moral dimensions, obviously. But it's (laughs) in an entirely appropriate way to express his. (laughs) Well, it might be or it might not be. I mean, I mean, I wish that that's how I dealt with it. My house would be so clean. (laughs) If my house is a mess, clean his bathroom. That's a problem. Well, let me float it to you, too. Is it healthy for the one to begin aggressively shaping some element of their life, pouring their energy into that space because that's how they're wrestling with that over there? You know what I mean? So I I think that's a good place to draw a, a distinction between something like I'm going to start working out three times a day and I'm going to go clean the nonsense out of my bathroom because yeah. at a certain point, your bathroom is clean. Mm-hmm. And you also know that your bathroom will become unclean again. So like it, it's not a, if, if you approach the idea of just fixing something, like say cleaning a bathroom from the perspective of knowing that you have to get this out now, so within this example, this is a way for him to gain control over something now. He just goes and he cleans his bathroom. And and then he can sort of move on from that need. But if you're if you're approaching it in a like the bathroom has to always be clean all the time and I'm never going to let other people use it because it always has to be clean, that's a problem. If you're approaching it in a I'm going to start working out 3 times a day with no end in sight, I'm going to start running a marathon, but I'm not actually training for a marathon kind of approach. Like there's, it's a release without any kind of, I don't want to say structure to it because structure is also part of <laughs> oneness, but I, I, I think it, it, it's a release without a purpose. Yeah. Or, or direction. Quick note. I've never thought about this before, but it, Maybe the case that we need to put a name to the healthy ways to use that energy that we all have, regardless of type, in ways that aren't going to really do harm to ourselves or others. Mm-hmm. So we talked about yoga and kickboxing for eights. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sure that we could say that, you know, around the circle with all the, all the types for, for ones there can be a very, I'm at least going to bring order to this one space. Not because that has any value. It's because you need to pour that energy into something in this moment or else you'll do damage to yourself or to others. I hate that that's how humanity is. That just is how humanity is. (laughs) You have energy and it either is going to go into something really dumb or it's going to, it's going to blow up. Am I wrong there? Like, no, I mean, no, I was going to say it, a lot of it depends on intentionality. And if you are doing it with the intention of, I know that I'm grasping for control right now. I know that this is what's going on for me and I'm choosing to deal with it in this way to get it out of my system so that I can go back and repair without hurting myself or others, obviously in healthy ways. So the whole exercising three days, three times a day would not be a healthy way to express this or restricting diet, things like that, over restricting. Whereas, I mean, it's, it's the idea that same thing with eights that control and nine control is not the right target. That's what you're wanting, but it might be empty when you find it. Yep. Like if you, you're grasping for control and if you go order your bathroom or you go clean your whole house or whatever, is that actually going to fix how you feel? Are you going to actually feel in control? Like, is it a worthy target or not? Mm-hmm. Is it actually going to do what you want it to do? You know what I mean? There's the, a lot of the types have a perfect storm place where all the negative elements of their type come together in one point. And one of the things that needs to be known is that ones feel judged by everyone else and they can't, it doesn't matter if other people actually are judging them. They feel like they're being judged and they're obviously judging themselves. Eating disorder is a great example of how the one who struggles with this probably believes that everybody thinks about their weight. And here's the thing, one, nobody cares about your weight, but you do because that's that's the focus of something that you think you might be able to improve in how you see yourself in the world. Or I have one one person might have talked about. Yeah. Like one person might have said that and that stuck with you because it was a traumatic comment about something you were insecure about exactly right and that person isn't worth listening to and that person's opinion doesn't matter and you know that person's opinion doesn't matter i'm this last week had a review from my employer that was in scathing drafted probably in the span of 15 minutes and completely uninformed about about my performance who i how i come to my job and things that i think about obsessively and my response to that and because i have a you know graduate degree in arguing about things <laughs> was like i can i could be as specific and passionate and i will bring nuclear fire to this conversation you know as anybody on the planet but that's not what it's actually about what I need to know is that as a healthy one, my obstacle isn't that person. My obstacle is feeling like I'm being judged. And I have to name that every single day 
they don't care about the thing that you care about, you know? It's just not that important to them. You feel judged because that is a place of real unhealth, and you need to name it and get rid of it. Nobody's judging you, and you certainly don't need to abuse yourself. Yeah, the obstacle is yourself in a lot of those cases because you're the one that is – it's the whole saying of like if you point – one finger at me, there's four or three fingers or four fingers pointed back at you. Mm -hmm. Depending on whether you're a cartoon character or not. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't help Hands are hard to draw. (laughs) (laughs) But one's being rejected in a relationship. We don't wrestle with it like the eight does where we can quickly say, well, of course they're an idiot and we, (laughs) we stabilize. Man, we're going to obsess over everything, every little event that we perceive went badly on our part and dissect that sucker eight times to find the root. Did I really do that poorly? Because it was probably my fault that this relationship failed. And that's what's going on on the inside, right? That's not being forecast to the outside. The outside is probably going to come across as, ah, you're lost. It's fine. I don't care. Right. Well, depends. I, I, probably depends on the one. And I, I think that um, this desire to gain control of something, it's like the eating disorder comes out in this place because obviously there's something wrong with me yep. that needs to be fixed. That's the energy. Yeah. And, and not necessarily even the eating disorder, but, but there's, there's something wrong with the universe which caused this relationship to break. Therefore, I need to fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's a measure of both I'm trying to fix the thing that got in the way of that relationship. I wasn't attractive enough, and therefore this is how I'm going to consume calories. But there, there, there's also anger there. There's ones have an underlying feeling of anger, and that can be taken out on themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's it's the opposite. You can see it in eights. Eights take out their anger on the world. Imagine how that looks if the target shifts from the world out there that you see when eights get really angry and just unleash. The opposite is true of ones. We take our anger and we just unleash on ourselves when we're in our most unhealthy mature, it's probably the same amount of anger. Like yeah, if you correct. feel that, if you feel that eights are very, very outwardly intense and angry, remember that that's also happening on the inside yep. of ones. It's entirely just right. as intensely. So you see, like if you look at somebody like who's even a healthy one, if you look at somebody like Gandhi, what Gandhi does to try and stabilize his country is he fasts for 35 (laughs) days and says, I'm going to die if you guys don't get your act together. (laughs) That is so physical. Mm -hmm. And it's if only I were good enough, everybody else would get their act together kind of posture towards the world. To go back to the quote, eating disorders, cleaning, control, I'm focused on myself. This is how we are processing broken relationships. And Mm -hmm. we just need to name how it's healthy to use that energy and how it's unhealthy. That was a long way to get to that concluding (laughs) point. What else you got, Cam? (laughs) Um, So there's another quote that actually goes right along those same lines where they say, 
I try to love anyway and to, quote unquote, lose myself in working on my own goals and spirituality, which that brings up another thing. There is such a thing as spiritual scrupulosity. Mm. It's like a version of OCD, but with spirituality. So it's this obsessive need to pray or fast or do all of these things, which can actually be the opposite of spiritual. It can be very damaging. It's very self-sabotaging. What I hear there is that all the types have a temptation. Uh, Five, sixes, and sevens, I am what I possess, relationally, asset-wise. Twos, threes, and fours believe I am what other people say about me. There's a very much my value is based in what I see in the mirror and the mirror is other people. But for eights, nines, and ones, our value is found in what we accomplish and what we do. And so if I say, I'm going to work on myself, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a chart on the wall. This is what my (laughs) weight is. This is how much I bench press. This is how many miles I can run. This is how big my bank account is. This is the progress I've made up the corporate ladder, whatever that looks like. That's identity, mm-hmm. and it's intimidation. Yeah, I I also think that um, the going the spiritual route. I think that particularly based on on my experience in the Christian church, that that ones will also face this really interesting juxtaposition of being told that like you you can't improve yourself. So here's mm. all the work that you should do. Mm. Uh, like that that spiritual scrupulosity I, I i love this concept of like especially thinking about a one who thinks that this is this is the way that they earn their favor with god is by doing all of these things correctly and especially doubling down on that in a time of of relational distress of seeing that this this thing didn't go well. Obviously, I'm not being a good enough Christian or or whatever. The mm-hmm. and 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 leaning like it's it's the same thing as as picking up an eating disorder just through an entirely different medium. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's the opposite of what you need at that moment. If you are hurting. The thing that you actually need when you're hurting, you need nourishment, Mm. you need calm, you need rest, you need, if you believe in God, you need to believe that God loves you unconditionally, not have Mm. the negative filter of these are all the reasons why I'm not good in God's eyes. It needs to be, these are all the reasons why I am. Right. And these are all of the good things. You need to feel those good things in those moments of pain and hurt. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what will actually do the healing. Right. To push one step further, we haven't brought up the the stress move, but the stress move for ones is real powerful and it needs to be embraced at a high level. And it's you move to four, you need to become introspective. You need to become introspective in a sense of here's my identity, here's my calling, this is the good I bring into the world. And you need to set all the other stuff aside in terms of other people's judgments. If you move to four, other people's judgments aren't necessarily primary. Your own judgment about yourself is what's primary, and that's a refuge for you. You say to yourself, here is who I know myself to be in the world. And you have to withdraw into that space and remain there as long as you need to. 
but that is yeah and that's but the and the rest actually is super important because it's moving away from your stance your Mm -hmm. stance is earning ones earn what they desire most which is control you think you're going to control the world by earning it and that's why you have a that's why eating disorders can be very common for ones or or any other disorders that have that kind of element to them in terms of self what would you call that Flagellation. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's a, yep, that's a the, good word. the abuse that you you wrought on yourself. Move out of that space. You gotta move out of one space because you're in stress. So move into your four Stop space. Beating yourself up. Yeah, and it's and what that looks like is you elevate in your stress number. This is why it was a huge misstep to think about stress numbers as being negative. They are yep. absolutely primary to you getting healthy. For uh, you, ones need to move into four space, and that looks like you being very introspective and reminding yourself of your identity, your calling, the good you bring into the world, naming that, writing it down. You need to get out of your house. You need to get out of your city. You need to go somewhere else where you can retreat. And that is oftentimes what ones routinely, those the healthiest ones will communicate that over and again. The most important thing they do as a spiritual rhythm is they leave. And mm. that's about going to the high side of four to remind themselves who they are. Well, and processing. Yep. Processing the emotion is huge there. Yep. In fact, so two of these ones talk about, I mean, it is a move to four, Um, whether they realize or not. And sometimes the move to four is not always a healthy move. Yeah, it's high side, low side. Yeah, right. So this first um, one says, I withdraw, distract myself with entertainment or moody music. And that's where it can kind of go sour is the distract part Mm -hmm. where it's okay to withdraw and it's good to process and it's good to deal with those emotions. The moody music, great. It's a good move if it helps you process. However, if it's merely a distraction, then again, it's like, what's the target here? If the target is healing, you're in a good spot. But if the target is avoiding, it's not. Let me let me elevate all day long. Moody music is a great outlet for your energy. Your energy is about you have anger and so, and you're going to be tempted to use that at yourself. Moody music allows you to get into your emotional core and to get introspective. And a lot of times people have already, you know, walked down that path in very vibrant, colorful ways that you can, you know, reflect. And so... I got 12 Spotify playlists. <laughs> it's, it's go time. I'm going to, I'm going to engage these. That's not an unhealthy move for me. No, that's a very no, healthy not. move for me. So this, so this other quote that kind of goes along the same lines of the move to four in a different way, they say, usually I get bitter after sadness because I put so much into a relationship and feel slighted that others are not willing to do the same eventually find people who are faithful and good friends no matter what but it's this bitter after sadness it's the resentment which i guess is actually very much a one thing feeling slighted that other people are not putting as much into it as you are and it's it is very much a one move to to what happens when you don't earn the thing but you did everything right yeah i don't want i don't understand how that's not like 
everybody's framework <laughs> for coming <laughs> to the world. Because there's there's nine types. That is yeah. so grounded. <laughs> that is so grounded in who I am in terms of relationships. It's it's befuddling to me. And so it, it's a healthy thing to name <laughs> that. I don't have anything else to say there. That that I thought that quote was perfect. If we want to move to the feel good aspect of <laughs> Give me some what advice. Can help <laughs> the advice from ones to ones about love and feeling rejected. This first one says, You are not always the problem. You will always be quote unquote too much or too little for some people. But there is good in you. You deserve someone who reminds you of the good in you when you lose sight of it. Next one says, you're not necessarily flawed because that person didn't want you. The next one, if rejected, take some time to sit with your feelings, deal with them, then do what you can to get on with life. The next one, it is okay to only have a handful of people you love that really understand you. Pursuing love were not reciprocated through you may want to be friends with a person isn't bad, isn't worth it if they do not put in the same effort. It will lead to heartbreak. The next one, it's really scary to be known for all of you, the good parts and the bad parts. But when someone sees you for who you are and chooses you anyway, it's so worth all the scariness it took to get there. Plus, most people are more forgiving of you than you are of yourself. As for feeling rejected, you just have to remember it's not a reflection of whether you're a good or bad person, even though that's hard to do sometimes. The next one, don't try to be quote unquote perfect in order to be lovable. Accept that you are lovable exactly how you are and just be yourself. The right person will love you for you. I feel like I'm going to be a broken record here that all of those claims end up pouring out of the perspective of a specific type. Yeah, agreed. But I also think it's it's a lot of really good advice for mm -hmm. ones that oftentimes ones will struggle to hear. Yeah. Uh, because it, like Ooh. the, the one... Do you think this is good advice? I think a lot I of do. it is I really good advice. I think it's great advice. advice. Ooh, yeah. Come on. All right. Uh, <laughs> like, like one of the things that I heard over and over again was it's it's okay to move on. It's okay to not need to fix this. Mm -hmm. And that it's not, it's not a reflection of you yes. and your goodness yep. if they reject you. Yep. I think ones need to hear that. Need to not only hear that, but feel that. Yep. Stuff I heard there, there's, the heart's message is clearly in a lot of this language that you are good and you need to hear that you're good. There's an invitation to action in some of it, do what you can was one of the phrases. Notice how that pours out of the heart of a one to another one, that there's an action-orientedness. But it was, to give them credit, it was after saying, take some time to sit with your feelings and yep. deal with them. Then do what you can to get on with life. That was, I suppose, I hate to say this in terms of, like, contrary to a lot of the other types, I do think that there's some perspective here there's an elevation of your stress number that actually was real healthy in, in the way that you're articulating. You need to get some space. That's a withdrawn move. Mm -hmm. It's move into your four, get those tools. There was another phrase there that's, uh, you know, surround yourself with those who see you for what you are. Mm -hmm. That's all four. <laughs> People who understand you. That's all four. Mm -hmm. 
And it's it's okay for everyone. Like, it's okay to only have a select few people in your life that truly understand you. Not everybody can. Yep. I think twos and fives are the most difficult numbers to understand. I could very well be convinced that from the perspective of others, ones are actually not understood in terms of how their internal life actually churns. Mm-hmm. Once put off a face that's, they don't see it. Yep. So when people articulate to me, this is how you come across. I'm like, well, what universe are you living in? <laughs> Here's the thing I said. This is what I did. I have absolutely no under, <laughs> I have no idea how people drew that conclusion. It's true. Well, in my interactions with some ones, this is this is not with everybody. There's some ones in my life come across as very, very rigid and very this whole unforgiving of others type mentality. And I have to constantly remind myself that what they're saying says a lot about them. And that's how they deal with themselves. And that's what they're feeling about themselves. And it is hard because it comes across so different and it does come across in this way that can be very off, off-putting and very, it's hard to remember what's going on on the inside for them because they might not be saying that they are, but in a, in an indirect way. And there's just, there's just so much that happens internally that they're not going to share with the world because it's inappropriate or messy or yeah. They're trying to earn something from you, not get you to fix them, mm-hmm. you know? I will say as well, Jeff, I do not see you that way, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to own that. I No, really, like, I see you as one of the most emotionally vulnerable ones that I know, and I see that as a real strength. I wonder if that, I think that has a lot to do with my subtype. I would be curious. I think that I'm the counter type for ones. Mm, the sexual one i may i may be in the minority ones i imagine from my experience our principles and ideals and standards are so clear to us they never get articulated i don't need to tell you that gravity exists why would i need to tell you gravity exists that's how things are it's almost identical right it's like, why do I need to spell it out when it's so clear to me? Yeah. So when I do work in the various places I do work, I routinely misstep here in terms of simply doing the groundwork of saying, here are things that matter to me that I would like you to see. I would like to elevate their importance because it may not be intuitive. That mm-hmm. work very seldom gets done. And I don't understand that other people aren't there. I don't understand that people don't want good things in the world, that they are generally self-focused. I think nearly all <laughs> humanity is self-focused, and I don't know that. I, that's just so foreign to how I come to the world. That's not necessarily a virtue for me that because I, I want to get things that I care about. So there is a self-focus there, but it's, it, there, it is a foreign territory for me sometimes to see how quote unquote selfish some human beings are because I don't get that. And I don't, that's not necessarily a virtue. It's actually a a huge hindrance to me functioning well in the world. Hmm. 
why you need people around you who are automatically suspicious. That's why I'm going to go run 15 <laughs> miles right now. <laughs> Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Friends, we have talked quite a bit. It's probably time to put a pin in this. Um, <laughs> we should probably <laughs> hang on for the next time. Friends, it would mean the world to us if you took two seconds and gave us some stars and a review on your podcasting platform of choice. I want to specify, TJ, you know what? Yep. what? We still have double the stars of one Suzanne Stabile and Ian Cron. Just for now, just like for the listeners we have, you you are small but mighty. <laughs> just, just staying ahead of the right. curve. So we're way behind on iTunes, but Spotify. <laughs> just for fun. Chugging along. Here's the, here's the thing. <laughs> Let's just do this as an experiment. Just give us stars on Spotify just because just it's funny to look when you look at the other <laughs> Enneagram podcasts. It will at least entertain us, and actually it feeds my ego. So don't <laughs> give stars on iTunes <laughs> or, if you're or only any gonna other do one. platform. <laughs> if you're only going to do one. Actually, you can do both. But do we're, them all. <laughs> it's one of those things that we're so far behind on iTunes, we're just apparently never going to catch up. Right. <laughs> you can find all the links to all of our stuff at aroundthecircle.org. Camber, you got work that you're doing. It's amazing work, in, fa- in fact. Thank you. <laughs> where, where where can they find your, your stuff? I am predominantly on Instagram for the moment. So the moniker or the handle is enneagram.cam with K-A-M. And I actually, as you can tell, I do a lot of research. So if you want to participate in polls and surveys, those are usually on my story and I save them in a highlight. So if you participate in those, I will be forever grateful because it is very helpful. Don't be deceived. Uh, for for those who are in the Enneagram community, Cambria is a is a hub of fantastic activity. One of the real high points in a, a world of buffoonery, and well worth finding. Even if you have not yet gotten into Instagram, it's worth just going for her stuff. That's right. I Thank said you. it. World <laughs> of buffoonery. Instagram. I mean, it's not. You're not wrong. <laughs> You can find all the links to all of TJ and I's stuff at AroundTheCircle.org, which includes Patreon, which has 11 participants. But here's the thing. If you actually enjoy our stuff and you want to support it, that's the place to do it. If you want to uh, get into our extra material and if you want to financially support the work here, that's that's where we uh, we take our, our $12 paycheck. It's, it's, it's just enormous. <laughs> but TJ, you know this. Best thing that people could do is do what? Share it with someone that you love. Come on. Preferably somebody who just broke up with you and needs to <laughs> figure out their, how their Enneagram type is coming to this dysfunctional relationship. This, this uh, might be a way to help, help bridge that gap, start that conversation. That's true. Yeah. If you want to get back together. <laughs> you handled this this way. I handled it this way. It's just entirely predictable. <laughs> Please do not tell them that they're predictable, especially if they're a four. Probably sage advice. Cambry Ross, it's always a pleasure to have you. The pleasure is mine. Thank you guys for having me. TJ, you got anything else? I got nothing. He's TJ Wilson. He's officially awesome. She's Cambry Ross. She is inimitable. See how sticky that sounds, (laughs) Cambry? 
It is. And every time you say it, I have to remind myself what it means because it's like not a word that I am super familiar with. I'm Jeff Cook. Who you aren't isn't interesting unless you don't have it inadmittable tattooed on your forearm. (laughs) 